Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. He's nice. He's humble. He's in Los Angeles. Maybe most importantly, he's back. Good morning, Bill Ryder with you again. Man, it feels feels like it's been a minute since I've been on the air. I was off last week. Took yesterday off because Tom told me he didn't want to work, and then he shows up and does some show without me. Happy New Year's. Happy Holidays. Hope you had a great break, vacation, time away from your job. Hopefully not CBS Sports Radio. It is great to be here with you in 2024. And as you might imagine, like we have done in 2023 and 22 and 21 and part 20, we have a great show coming up for the next two hours. Mike Florio will be on the show. Jimmy Kimmel, who's kind of my neighbor, by the way. Well, he lives like three miles away. But I've seen him three times. He's never looked in my direction, but I feel like we could be friends. When after Aaron Rodgers, aggressively, we've got NFL power rankings with a lot of things that have happened since the last time we were on the air. We've got a buy or sell, and we've got Pretty Daddy, Tom DeCelestino, their reunion, D-Cell. He's back. Oh, my God. We're hanging out together. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Bill. Happy hump day to you. It's not hump day for me or for anybody else. Everybody had Monday off. So, so, so actually, for you, hump day is midnight tonight. It's the, it's the intersection of Wednesday. It's a four-day work week, so it's not hump day. Today is both a Monday and, I guess, a Thursday. I mean, it's, the week's over, bro. <laughs> Basically, I'm, I'm back and the week's over. Uh, it can't be two days at once. That's how the calendar works. And uh, it's Wednesday, so it has to be hump day. Haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. Thought about you one time over the holiday. One Just time. Once. Once. Yeah. It was, it was one of my, my New Year's resolutions, pre-New Year's <laughs> resolutions, not to think about you. Uh, I, was, I was in Denver for the holidays. I just see my brother, my mom, my dad, my sister. My siblings both live in Denver. I don't know why. We're not from Colorado. They just moved there. So now we all have to go to Colorado for the holidays. Oh, and it's a cool town. And I left a grocery store, having gotten the, the required things that were requested for the family get-together. And I thought, oh, man, I didn't get eggnog. Cause I had told, and then I thought of you. I'm like, oh, it's night tell. And then I just was like, I don't want to think of Tom. And I moved on. I hope you had a great <laughs> holiday. I did. I hope you did as well. A lot of things happen in sports. Pretty sure the Chiefs suck, by the way. I know they've won a bunch of games, and we'll get into power rank. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think... You know when you, when, you, when you have the holidays, and for us we're celebrating Christmas, 
and you got New Year's and you're with family and there's that energy and that love and that tension and just you're away from your job and you have time to reflect on the things that matter and, and maybe look back at your last year and forward to your next year and, and maybe be honest with yourself about things that you, you could be better at and, 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 and do better as a person and how you could grow. For me, I just accepted the fact that Chiefs are a bad football team even if they won a bunch of games. I just, I, I, I've, you know what? Mahomes, the Chiefs, they're not very good. Happy New Year, Kansas City. Hope you're having a great. And I'm look. I think I've had them on number one. I'm pretty sure at the power rankings level, I've had them one to three for the just like they took all three spots the entire year. Barely even did power rankings because the Chiefs just muscled everybody out. What a disaster. Let's get into this though, Tom. I'm sorry, Tom. I, I should have asked you this. Is there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to get into? I've got like a little take here I want to do, but I get I want to be inclusive. I missed you. I didn't do the eggnog like you suggested. What's up? I'm good. I'm great. I'm saddened to hear you only thought of me once because I thought of you numerous times, but I knew you wouldn't respond to my phone calls or texts, so I left you alone. But I'm feeling good. New year, new me. Look, we judge friendships based on how often those friends reach out. And I heard from Stuart Kovacs, who who, who associate produces on the two shows after you, I would say five times. over that. We called, we talked, we, we, we visited. And I'm pretty sure at one point he said, have you talked to D-Cell? But I'd forgotten about you, and I said, who? At that point, because if you don't reach out, if you don't maintain the relationship, Tom, it it, it can dissipate. Okay, all right, pretty daddy. I want to keep this relationship strong all year long. I want to tell you something I believe in very strongly, and how it applies to the college football national championship that is careening toward us. After what, for me, and I'm sure you guys hit this, was it Mark Ryan who filled in yesterday on the show? I'm sure you guys hit this yesterday, but I want to just give it its due. And I think two things can be true at once. I'm glad that the college football playoff is expanding, but that was a couple days ago the greatest college football playoff series tandem of games in the history of the event and one of the best college football days, I think, certainly in my lifetime, in, in, in my history, being a sports fan for, for 40 years or whatever, however old I am. That Michigan win over Alabama was obviously thrilling. And then you had that Washington victory, that absolute shocker that they almost absolutely and completely gave away at the end of the game. I I mean, Tom, I don't know if you were able to stay up and watch Texas almost come back. Because I think it was one or two in the morning. One in the morning, probably East Coast time. It was incredible. And, And Washington's nerves and a... Ill, almost, oh my God, career program, history-changing penalty on Texas' punt return. A lot of things almost went badly. But in the final conclusion, as everybody knows, it is Michigan advancing, it is Washington advancing. And what struck me about those two programs, in vastly different ways, by the way, is the one of the few mantras that I live by. And that, that, that sage of American culture, that guru, you know, if you put him up there with Aristotle, probably you put him up there with, who's the guy that was psychic? Nostradamus, was he real? I don't know. Aaron Rodgers probably thinks he was. We're going to hit Rodgers later. Nostradamus, you put him up there, who, whatever. Uh, Frank Sinatra has his own Sirius XM channel. I don't know if you knew that, right? It's timeless. I, I, I actually played some Sinatra over the break while I was cooking, Tom. Sinatra said, I think it was Sinatra. I hope it was. Maybe, maybe it was Aristotle or Nostradamus. I think it was Sinatra. The best revenge is massive success. And the best way to address disrespect, 
people who want you to fail. We overuse this term, especially guys like like Jim Harbaugh, but whatever. The haters that are, that are out there, any disappointments, any challenges is not what you say. It's not what you do. It's not going on some other radio show and slinging arrows at every person to listen because you're a narcissist who has to have attention all the time. I'm not directing that at anybody in particular. I'm just saying, like, whatever you're sort of – it is massive success. And Michigan come off of a very successful but tension-filled season. And Washington – coming off so far to date a very successful but difficult and brutal season for themselves and their conference are on the verge of the ultimate revenge against the doubters, against the people that destroyed in Washington's case, their conference, against the suspensions, if you're Michigan, against the NCAA, the ultimate prize. And that is just being the most successful thing in your world that you competed on the face of the earth. One of those two programs, and by, I think both, by the way, having gotten where they've gotten, have already accomplished this, but obviously they want to see it all the way through. Look, Washington is the team that I'm rooting for, and I don't know about you, I don't really have a, a, a dog in this, in this, in this hunt. I just, I just don't. But when I start to watch games where I'm a neutral party, it reveals to me who I want to win. And for whatever reason, in the second game of the college football semifinals, my son, by the way, Henry, was rooting for Texas, I, I realized pretty early on I desperately wanted Washington to win. Probably for a lot of reasons. One reason is that Michael Penix Jr. isn't just a machine, but that historic number of passing yards, the way that he played, just watching it against a team like Texas and all the history of Texas and all the expectations it was, all right, this dude maybe didn't win the Heisman Trophy, but he has put, at least offensively, and Washington's defense it was a little better than advertised against Texas. I mean, especially especially as they held on. But this guy has put that team on his back. And think about everything that's happened to that program. And I don't just mean the fact that he didn't win Penix Jr., the Heisman Trophy. It's, it's, it's the right outcome. But the fact that Washington has an opportunity to be the first Pac-12 champion, national champion in the college football playoff system at the exact moment that the Pac-12 vanishes from the face of the earth. Come what may next week when that game on Monday is over, the Pac-12 is not going to exist. And I've made the joke in part because I feel bad for people that it's the Pac-2, but the reality is we are at this point now where we don't have an SEC school that's in this championship equation. We do have a conference that is in this equation that is going away because they were so undervalued and so not taken seriously and so not viewed as, as, as an entity that, that deserved to exist from a financial perspective, that every one of those members, save two, are just dissipating going to other places. And if we could have, and the, then the, the television entities like ESPN that really control the finances and the economics of college football, if we had looked into a crystal ball, Tom got frustrated that I brought up Nostradamus, either because he thinks it's weird or because he's really into it. But if you really could have known, if there was this ability to look at the start of the college football season, even a year ago, as, as major corporations like, like television companies make their decisions, if you were able to see how good the Pac-12 was going to be and how good Washington was going to be and how dynamic Panix Jr. was going to be just in terms of the appeal, there is a reason to believe that the Pac-12 could have still existed. And if you're Washington, every single week of this season has been met with two realities. One reality – Nobody thinks you're good enough. And look, even I, who want them to win, thought Texas was going to win that game. And if you thought Washington was going to win that game, you're either a Husky graduate, you're an optimist, or you got into your eggnog, the eggnog that I forgot to get. Nobody, very few people, really believed it was going to happen. Because there's not a history there. And we are trained to believe that the tradition of certain schools, the history of certain schools, is a through line that will continue. And so that disrespect, I think, is the right term. 
the fact that you still have Florida State fans screaming that they should have been in over who, and it wouldn't have been Washington. I get it where they were. But the fact that nobody watches these games half the time because it's West Coast time, that was a part of the reality for Washington. Every step of the way this season, they were the less-than program. Even when they got into the top 10, the top 5, the top 4, even when it became clear there was a path forward, almost certainly, for them to make this college football playoff, they were the less-than team. They were the, the extra team. They were the lucky team. They were the, you know, they're good, but they don't have the recruiting depth of talent and the stars and, and the pedigree of a Texas, of an Alabama, of whoever you want to point to, of a Michigan, of an Ohio State when they were still in the mix. And I think as much as Washington's play with a chip on their shoulder, there's a bigger sense of revenge. And I'm not saying Harbaugh's right or wrong. I'm just saying that guy never has thought he was wrong. Think about this. Jim Harbaugh, who's been the coach at Michigan for almost 10 years, which is insane to think about, almost got fired multiple times over the first several seasons that he was in Michigan. Michigan fans, of, of, of whom I know many, wanted him out. The guy inherited a 5-7 and seven Michigan team. He lost his first five games to Ohio State. As you know, you lose your first couple games to Ohio State, or ask Ryan Day, you start to lose a couple games to Michigan, they will call for your job, and often they will actually fire you. He lost his first two games of the college football playoff, and most on point here, this is a guy, and I like Harbaugh as a coach, but he is the definition of arrogant. He is the definition of off-putting to people he has to deal with. He can't get along with his own superiors in the NFL, and, and I guess the folks in Indianapolis are his superiors in college football, but whoever, whatever the power dynamic, Harbaugh doesn't care. This guy has been suspended not one time, but two times this season in an ill-fated sort of compromise that went away with a self, a self, a self-suspension that they thought would maybe appease the NCAA, which was more just two egomaniacs in the folks in Michigan and the folks in Indy going at each other, and then obviously the cheating scandal that, if you'll notice, that I have not thought was a big deal, has quietly become less of a big deal. Not as many people talking about it because the NCAA does not want to focus on a national champion, handing a trophy to a guy who's been accused of this, but still, it's out there. This idea they didn't get there the right way. This idea that Harbaugh's a bad guy. This idea that Michigan doesn't deserve to be rooted for. And maybe it's true and maybe it's not. I think it's not, but it's complicated. Still, if they win this thing, all of that goes away. Because the reason that Sinatra, not Nostradamus, as Thomas telling me, not Aristotle, oh, Socrates, not Socrates. I'm trying to think of some fancy, fancy names. The reason that revenge is best delivered is massive success. Because massive success changes history. It rewrites everything that we think we know. The conquerors get to write history. That's not just true in world history. That is true in sports. I can remember an idiot young columnist who otherwise had some impressive work writing and saying to LeBron's people, this is me I'm talking about, after LeBron and the Heat lost to the Spurs in the finals, well, there goes LeBron chasing Jordan. He'll never pass Jordan. And that same uh, non-Mensa candidate wrote nine years later, he's past Jordan because when you win championships, no matter what the failures, the realities, when you start to stack up real all-time great successes, the things that matter, championship rings, whatever the standard is in your sport, everything else gets washed away. Everything else gets gets forgotten. Clayton Kershaw, to take a baseball example, is a failure, I think, has been over the course of his postseason career. Most of that, Dodgers fans couldn't see straight even when that was true, but now that they've won a, a one single World Series, like, oh, he's the best. Michigan wins this. I'm telling you, in two years and five years and 15 years, nobody outside of Ohio State is going to care what happened, how they got there, what Harbaugh did, what was going on. And as much as you can't bring back the Pac-12, 
right? A, a, a win by Washington is not going to reverse time, change physics, get us back to the future four, and allow us to go and, and, and save the Pac-12. It's not. But what a massive, massive way in which we will reassess how we view Washington. And probably in 10 or 15 years, the Pac-12, with a nostalgia we didn't actually possess at the time. Those two programs are obviously playing for the most important thing in college football. That's a championship. But the ability to rewrite their narrative, to change history, to have lasting revenge against the people, right or wrong, who made the decisions that impacted the way we viewed them, and in Washington's case, the conference they no longer play in, all of that's on the line five days from now. And, and I cannot, I'm here for it. I cannot wait. We'll obviously break it down a lot over the next few days. 855 212 for CBS. Number hasn't changed, but it's a new year, so you might have forgotten. Maybe you got into the eggnog. I, maybe you were really upset that I wasn't around, or some of you were happy. Whatever. You want to call, you want to say hi, you want to get on the air, you want to talk to Pretty Daddy over here, who I think got prettier. He's only a daddy one time over, but you know what? Like, he's looking good. Lost some weight, you know, a little, little of that sleep glow. Got a little, got some, got some, I wouldn't do it, but some blonde highlights. 855-212-4CBS if you want to talk to him, or me. Or just the audience in general. Sports writer, Twitter, sports, R-E-I-T-E-R, at Pretty Daddy CBS is Tommy. We're going to keep it rolling. Uh, a little vacay catch-up. Tepper's tantrum. I, by the way, I'm, I'm Team David Tepper here, the owner. Rich people should be able to do whatever they want to poor people. Oh, wait, <laughs> just kidding. No, it's totally unacceptable. What in the hell, man? What in? What are you doing? All right, we'll get into that. And uh, Aaron Rodgers goes after Jimmy Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel fires back aggressively next year on CBS Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. He's Bill Ryder, and he's always right. You know, words are so interesting. They have such power in their spells. Abracadabra, just kidding, he just said There's a reason it's called spelling, because the way that the letters are put together have such power. It's writer than you on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I mean, what? Seriously, Aaron Rodgers, bro. That's a that's me reading an Aaron. That's a real Aaron Rodgers statement from back in the day. That spelling is actually some kind of magician's technique. Cause spell the word spell. Uh, I mean, when I say that that uh, I don't know Washington's ability to hang on at the end of that game. When Texas drove to what their own twelve Washington twelve yard line twelve yard line somewhere in that range was magical. I don't mean that they Harry Potter abracadabra did. I don't mean that. Gosh, Aaron Rodgers. All right, so 
I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers person. Although I, 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 I should say this. I don't think spelling is magic, but apparently Hard Knocks is because I fell under the spell of Aaron Rodgers for about a couple weeks, and Tom was like, don't do it. Aaron Rodgers is about Aaron Rodgers. He's about his own attention, about his own shine. He's that guy, and I've known a lot of them, right? Most of them you know in high school or college, and they outgrow it because he's a all-time great athlete. He's been a cocoon of sycophants and his own self-belief and his brilliance for a really long time. Most of us grow out of that. Aaron Rodgers is the good-looking girl, good-looking dude, the athlete, whatever, who thinks that they're the smartest, funniest person in the world because people always laugh at their jokes and say things like, oh, that's really interesting. Aaron, it's not interesting. You just throw a football really well. Like, that is, that's your skill. That's what you're good at. And it's gotten him in trouble, and he's, Rodgers has this sort of strange uh, attraction, like a lot of people, to conspiracy theories. If I can give you the history here, um, Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein, Epstein is, is obviously the horrific person who is no longer alive, who ran a, I mean, if you have a kids in the car, turn the, car, turn the, turn the radio off for a second, but ran a, a, che- a sex ring aimed at young people. And there's a list of the people that associate with Epstein that has been that the, the names have been blocked through largely civil litigation that a judge said should be re- released after January 1st a few days ago. It's coming out. So the Epstein list has been kind of a big deal, and Rogers has been fascinated by it because it, it sort of lends itself to all these conspiracy theories. So a while back, he brought it up on the Pat McAfee show, and Jimmy Kimmel, who obviously is a comedian and makes fun of people for a living, made a funny joke about a tinfoil hat and being a conspiracy theorist and use some very specific language in, in that respect. And and so and when and when Rogers went back on the Pat McAfee show, after that happened, they played it for him. And Rogers is the kind of guy who can make fun of anybody, take shots at anybody, be a conspiracy theorist about anybody, but if you if you if you make fun of him, it is the it is the greatest crime in the history of humanity that that must be addressed. That is the context that you need. Uh, I'm gonna play you this. Now side note, because you can take shots at people in any of these businesses, but if you do it with colleagues is when things can actually be problematic. And even though it wouldn't, wouldn't feel like it, the Pat McAfee show is on ESPN, which is owned by Disney. And Jimmy Kimmel, who's on ABC, is a huge star for Disney. And so this is some Disney on Disney crime. And so the context I gave you would put some understanding behind why Rogers brings up Jimmy Kimmel in the context of the, of the Epstein list. And by the way, again, context here. To say someone would be on this list is to accuse them of being a, a child abuser slash young person abuser slash sexual predator. It's a very, very serious thing to accuse someone of. And while if you have all the context, and I didn't, and I followed this. I had to read Rolling Stone the other day. Just like, let me catch up and think I know what's going on here. To the average person, they might just believe Aaron Rodgers and think if, if Aaron Rodgers says Bill Ryder's on the list or this person's on the list, they might believe it. Okay, I'm trying to get you to understand why Jimmy Kimmel's going to get real angry when on the Pat McAfee show what this week, this went down. Super Bowl 58. You'll see it. The emblem put on the screen. And then bring up 57 and 56. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out? <laughs> Feels like it's like. supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Soon. Look, this guy's been There's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this <laughs> thing. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't. Please, <laughs> all right. You know that Aaron Rodgers has gone too far if Pat McAfee attempts to explain away what just happened and basically say, without offending, 
his golden goose friend who comes on for a bunch of money as we understand it. No, 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 nothing to see here. And Jimmy Kimmel was livid. And before you do the, he made a joke about Rodgers. This is where Rodgers doesn't understand that he's not funny and he's not as smart as he thinks he is. You want to take a shot at Kimmel, take a shot at Kimmel. To say that he's on the Epstein list is not taking a shot. It is borderline, in this case, slander, if you write it as libel. It's just a, it's not funny to insinuate that someone is a sexual predator, especially in the social media world and with your platform where people aren't going to know the difference. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that just thought, oh, Kimmel's going to be on that list. Well, that's interesting. And because conspiracy theorists tend to stick together and believe everything other conspiracy theorists say, Rogers has a following of people who are going to believe whatever crazy thing he says. Do I really think that that the logo of the Super Bowl is what he was talking about? Dictates who's going to be in the Super Bowl? No, no, I actually don't. Just like I don't think being on the cover of Madden actually is going to result in you getting injured. Jimmy Kimmel was unhappy. I can't read you the second word. Okay, I'm going to use a different term, but you use your imagination. Here's Jimmy Kimmel on Twitter. Tagging Rogers, by the way, which is absolutely magical and absolutely the way that you're supposed to do it. And Jimmy Kimmel's, again, a little context, supposed to be an incredibly kind guy. By every account, a super kind guy. Okay, here we go. Here's his response. Dear A-hole, for the record, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. At Aaron Rodgers 12. And this is Rodgers again just being put out and frustrated that Kimmel made a joke at his expense for being a conspiracy theorist. Tom, I I don't know where you come down on this, because normally when famous rich people in in the uh, public eye go after famous rich people in the public eye, I'm like, it's all all in the game. It's part of the deal, and you got to be able to take criticism. To me, this, this absolutely crosses a line. Like, I think it's more than acceptable for me to say that any, I don't know, quarterback in the National Football League is a bad quarterback or can't win big games or isn't able to handle the pressure or isn't a good teammate. I think that's fine. I might be wrong, but it's, I think it's acceptable to make those evaluations and to say it. To say that some quarterback appears to be a menace to society and a sexual predator would be, I think, a whole other level of criticism and worthy of being sued into oblivion if you are wrong. And so I actually am with Jimmy Kimmel on his response here. Good for him. It's hard not to be Team Jimmy Kimmel on this. I mean, I I don't want to watch this guy play football anymore. Like, I don't that's either. where I'm at. Like, yeah. this has nothing to do with football, but for me it has everything to do with it. I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to watch him. I know he's great. I don't know if he can play anymore. And I no longer care, Bill. I don't care. Shame right. on the Jets. There are lots of intelligent women and intelligent men who are good-looking. Can I just say, because my wife accused me of sounding like a misogynistic jerk or a shallow jerk. Can I, can I just say that? Your looks do not dictate your intelligence, okay? There's plenty of dumb, bad-looking people. But they don't fit these. I can remember once when I was in high school and I had a brief window of time when, for whatever reason, the opposite sex decided that maybe they would actually date me for a short window. That was like nice little magic, right? Like, oh, okay, okay. And I can remember a very specific girl who I dated either in high school or college. I'm not going to say which because I'm sure they all listen. No, they don't. Uh, and I was very thrilled that I was able to get this, this young lady to spend some time with me, Tom. I, was, I thought I was pretty hot, you know what. And then I started speaking to her and realized after a few months that she was the dumbest person I've ever met in my entire life. But I hadn't really been able to, to notice it, right? I hadn't, and it just it occurred to me that sometimes... 
with beautiful people or talented people, you don't actually want to get to know them because they're a lot better from a distance and up close. If I can use a better analogy that won't get me in trouble with my wife, uh, I have only remained a fan of one sports team that I was a that I actually loved before I got into sports media, and that is the Chicago Cubs. Because as I went around the Missouri Tigers, which is where I went to college, and, and the Chicago Bears, as I actually got to know people, it turns out that there are nice people and bad people in every walk of life. And I can remember I can remember getting to know Bill Self, who I was supposed to hate because Missouri and Kansas are uh, are rivals, and having a beer with that guy as a reporter, and he was the funniest, just a super likable guy. And I once walked up years later after sort of losing my, you know, my sort of naivete about sports, I walked up to the Chicago Cubs clubhouse after they had, no, before the World Series, at a spring training game. I'm a huge Cubs fan. And I, had, I, I, was, I was in Surprise, Arizona, covering the Royals when I was a newspaper writer in spring training. I drove all the way to Mesa, which is like an hour, parked, got a beer, watched part of the game, and after the game, I wanted to go into the Cubs locker room, got a media pass, even though I had a beer, and just, like, be there. And I stopped at the door, and I, and I thought, I came all the way just to meet these Cubs, right? I thought, I don't want to know. And I turned and walked away. That's what it was, is with Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to know you that much, Aaron. You're not that interesting. You're not that smart. You're not that impressive. You're not that charming. You're the girl that I dated at that one time who was beautiful from a distance, but unfortunately when I got to know her, I came to the conclusion, no matter how good-looking and talented you may be, I can't take it if you have a certain level of... Um, narcissism or, or was she narcissistic? Maybe that's not fair. Or, or just shallowness because you have a certain trait that people find wonderful and you have not developed the other ones because you haven't had to. That, to me, is who Aaron Rodgers has revealed himself to be. He's not as funny on the Pat McAfee show as he thinks he is. He's not as interesting as he thinks he is. And while he is one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, while he is remarkably talented, while there is a quarterback-esque superficial talent, when you get into real stuff, which is what Jimmy Kimmel is talking about, right? When Aaron Rodgers crosses over to, okay, it's not just football, not only is he not likable or charming or interesting, he is problematic and off-putting and telling on himself. I don't know what Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, or Josh Allen, or Joe Burrow, or Tua Tungavailoa, or Matt Stafford are actually really like as people. And I'm sure most of those guys, or some of those guys, are awesome and interesting and charming and funny. But I don't want to know. Because Aaron Rodgers has reminded me yet again that I'd rather just watch football players be football players. Because when we get to know him, and Aaron Rodgers has introduced us to him, sometimes it turns out... They're the guy Jimmy Kimmel has to start a, a message to that says, Dear A-hole. Oh, Jimmy Kimmel's great. I saw him, Tom, once. I, I saw Jimmy Kimmel once. So, so he lives near me. And we've seen, I mean, near me, not near like three miles. I actually know where his house, like three miles away. But we live in the same community. We shop at the same grocery store. And I've seen him maybe five or six times. I've never walked up and talked to him because that feels like that would be weird. But I know 15 or 20 people that have you know, been in the line next to him or sat next to him. At a, at the re- apparently, he's a, a super nice guy. So I'm Team Kimmel here, buddy. Team Kimmel. As am I, and maybe you should say hi the next time you see him. This, this, dude, this girl I dated, I mean, she was very, very pretty. It took me a few months to... But, wow. <laughs> she was, there was not a lot going on. Yeah. It's Were amazing doing- the moment... 
I mean, when I broke up with her, and rightfully so, she basically said, you're breaking up with me. I didn't even know what to say. That's where I was headed. I was going to say, were you the one that ended it? Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I just couldn't. I mean, she was just like, really? I was like, I know, Chuck. (laughs) I just don't know what to say. This is awkward. I got to go. She was my neighbor, though, so I saw her all the time. All right, 855-212. We shared a wall. Hey, uh, that's probably one reason I got to date her. I just wore her down. You know, she's off every day. Hey! <laughs> who did, who was she date? Oh, she was, oh, I'll just tell you, she was in college. She also had been dating the, the field goal kicker at Mizzou when I was there. So, so like, I beat that guy out. Wow. Oh, yeah. Good for you. You know the Seinfeld? I just saw it for the fir- first time in forever. You know the Seinfeld episode where, where the he, there's a girl who looks different in different light? Yep, yep. I was that person. But I was in the right light at my house. <laughs> just the way that lamp shone on me. You got good lighting, all right. Is that Brad Pitt? No, no, that's just the lamp. Oh, somebody over the holidays. I'm going to tell this real quick, even though we're out of time. Lori and I were at a restaurant over the holidays. And the waiter, look, the waiter came over. I get it's ridiculous. And was like, hey, I thought from a distance you were Matthew McConaughey. Are you related to him? Come on. No, no I swear. No way. So Lori and I were like, bro. He's, well, I, have a big, I haven't cut my hair, so I have a big fro right now. i got to get that done before I go on HQ, I think later today. And um, we're like, okay, ha-ha, funny. So I told that story at, at Christmas, knowing it's ridiculous, <laughs> and my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, laughed in my face and goes, oh, my God, that's stupid. Are you supposed to hold that in? <laughs> no. I know it's silly. No, you're not supposed to hold that in. All right, all right. Whatever, bro. The guy at the dumpling place in Torrance, California, thinks I look like Matthew McConaughey. That must make it so. I just proved my own rules. Sometimes people that are whatever have a little bit of a platform should talk less. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, I want to do a little catch-up with Tommy, but nobody cares. We'll do that later. First, we're going to do NFL Power Rankings after we get a CBS Sports Radio update. You're listening to Writer Than You. What does kettle of fish even mean, by the way? A kettle? Like like, like like a cauldron? Is that what a kettle is? I don't even know what a kettle is. A kettle of fish? That Why a kettle of fish? Why would you put fish in a kettle? On CBS Sports Radio. Oh, that's an oldie but goalie. What's up? Bill Ryder with you. 855-2124-CBS. Just talking to Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel. Somebody on Twitter just had a little perspective. What, what was it? I, that, oh, yeah, yeah. That I want uh, LeBron to have an opinion, but not, but not Rogers. No. I just want, if you have an opinion, especially on somebody else and allegations of being a sexual predator, that they are thoughtful, accurate, interesting, or relatively intelligent. Short of that, you should follow the rule. Better to remain quiet and be thought a fool than open your mouth on the Pat McAfee show and reveal, at least in that moment, that it is so. All right, let's take, a, let's take a phone call before we get to power rankings. I kind of want to put off power rankings because, man, they were hard this week. John in South Carolina, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Happy holidays. You are on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, thanks, bud. Great show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, what a guy. I mean, I think uh, what Kim will call him to start off with is giving him too much credit. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just a half-ass. I mean, this other thing is giving him too much credit, calling the whole word. I mean, and I don't even consider him a great, great quarterback. I mean, he's been too good of a record, too good of teams with Green Bay, and not enough Super Bowl wins. I mean, great quarterbacks win, you know, Brady, of course. So then you got the Montana. Jax is going to get his – Flacco got one Super Bowl. Right. So, Elway's uh, got two, right? Yeah. I mean, even Elway got two, who's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and not with the – you know, it's like Dan Marino, very, very great, but somehow with all his skill, he never got the Super Bowl, so you can't put him up there no matter what his stats and numbers say. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, just a guy with too much money, 
and too much time on his hands and too many people have kissed his butt for too long, that half a butt, for too long just because he is a good, good, good quarterback and not a super great quarterback. And, I, you know, I, I hate to slam anybody because I can't. I'm in a glass house and me throwing rocks just really hurts me. But uh, he's just a jerk. I mean, I just can't put it over any. And he just keeps slapping. I mean, that, that COVID thing about kind of lying but not lying. I mean, get a lawyer out there and decide, you know, if he broke the law. I mean, he's just too self-righteous, too self-involved, and too all about jerkness. Hey, John, hello. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I, I uh, trigger fingers. I, th- I thought I timed it while I timed it badly, but I love the call. Appreciate the perspective. Thank you. He makes a good point about Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, which we've made before too. The guy's. I think he's an all-time great talent. I mean, he's such a massive talent. But one Super Bowl is not enough for his talent, and it's not as if he was on poor football teams that didn't get close. I might get it wrong, Tommy, but what is he? One in four in his last five. NFC Championship games, or maybe overall. I mean, he is just lost. And he's had multiple opportunities to be the hero at the end. Have the ball in his hand. It's a close game. Couldn't get it done. All right. Good stuff. Like the topic. We are going to do a very quick version, though, of NFL Power Rankings. Some will rise. Others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five. I'm doing my first tie of the year. I used to do this all the time to frustrate DeBenedetto. You don't like ties either? You can't do ties. Oh, there's so many coming. I didn't know you, you didn't like them. I used to do them all the time when your predecessor was, was in the, your chair because he hated them. Here's the thing. The Dolphins and the Cowboys are the exact same football team. It's the only reason why. They are both statistically outstanding. They have high-powered offenses that at least if you squint your eyes or an optimist, you think will be marvelous. They are respectively the second in each of their conferences. They're not going to get the bye, but the Dolphins and the Cowboys are both, they're both 11-5, and and neither can beat winning teams unless they play each other. That's just, I mean, I don't even know what the Cowboys did over over this last week. Was it beat the Giants 110 to nothing? That is that even... I mean, it's it's a win, but it doesn't say anything. I know the Dolphins got utterly humiliated, which just reinforces the reality. They are outstanding football teams with no proven track record against the kind of teams, the winning variety, that we will see them play in the playoffs. Number four. <laughs> this might be wrong. I know they're in a free fall. I, I can't kick the Eagles off this list the way that I am somebody else. I still think there's enough talent there. There's enough experience there to right the ship. I'm aware that you want to be playing good football this time of year. It's the wrong time for the wheels to come off, for things to get rickety. I just, I still, I still think their upside is remarkable. They're still also 11 and 5, and, and there is time, not much, there's a week left, for these guys to get a win, get their head right, be in the right spot, and become the team that made that run last year almost to being Super Bowl champions. Number three. Give me the Lions, baby. I don't know if the Lions' excellence translates to the postseason. In the same way that I don't know if, if Baltimore's does, frankly. But there's there's obviously not the same sample size of domination that you've seen from the Ravens that we have with Detroit. They're really good. They're interesting. They've lost some games. They've got some good wins. If I remember this right, I think they started the year with a win against the Chiefs. I mean, they go all the way in the way back machine. But this is a quietly excellent team in a bad division that hasn't got a lot of shine, that hasn't shown themselves to be the best or one of the best teams in the NFL, but they're far from overhyped or overrated. 
And if it translates in the playoffs to what we have seen in the regular season, it could be one of those sleeper teams that we look back and say, why was an 11 or 12 win team considered an underdog or a sleeper team or not a viable threat? I think they are. I think they're a remarkable football team. I think the job that Dan Campbell has done is absolutely incredible. They are biting off the kneecaps that he promised they would do. Number two. Oh, this is tough. I went Ravens here. I went Ravens. I went Ravens. I know they had a huge statement win over the weekend. Ran that score up, man. I know Lamar Jackson's been outstanding. The weapons they have are incredible. OBJ is just occasionally making like two amazing catches a day, but that's all they've done. I get it. And I, I, I'm not even, this doesn't even get into my, it's not, my doubts on the Ravens in the playoffs have transitioned because of their performances from doubts to uncertainty. Doubt is actively thinking there's a strong likelihood something's not going to work. Uncertainty is, I don't know. But I do not have the same confidence in this team that I do. Number one. The Chicago Bears. Just kidding. I want that to be true. Uh, The 49ers, Tom. As I would imagine, you would probably put in this spot as well. They are the most complete team in the National Football League, and I think they have every reason to believe they are the odds-on favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Can we run through a couple other? Because this is hard. Honorable mention. I'm going to put, as weird as this sounds, I'm going to put the Browns here. What a job. By the way, I did take Costos' suggestion, and I got on Kevin Stefanski to be coach of the year at, I think, 11 or 10 to 1. And he is now, the moment that um, that Jacksonville lost that game, he flipped to plus 150. I love you, Nick. You know what? Push that button again. Honorable mention. Nick Costos, the first non-NFL team to ever be in the NFL Power Rankings. At least you tried. The Chiefs, man. I mean, may, they can still win the Super Bowl, but they're not a good... They're, Tom, they're not a good football team. They're a bad football team. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, get ready for what I'm about to say here because it blew my mind. If they are going to a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes will have to play his very first playoff road game. He's never played a, a playoff road game before. That's significant. Can I also just say he'll have to play well? He has not played well. He's been... I always hated the cartoon. There's a cartoon version, the mighty Casey strikes out, right? Have you seen the old cartoon version where he comes up? It always made me sad. I know there's supposed to be some lesson in that or something or other. I don't know. It's just like, why are we humiliating this guy over and over again? This is what that feels like. I just, I don't understand what is going on with the Chiefs and to a... You know, lesser but maybe more significant degree. I don't understand what is going on with Patrick Mahomes. It has been ugly and has been awful. Can you give me another button? I want to. I want to praise somebody. Better luck next time. The Bills are super interesting. I, I I don't I don't believe in Buffalo, but they've won I think four in a row since our guy Ty Dunn wrote a story. It's amazing. And they're in an extremely unique situation yeah. heading win, into Sunday Night Football. Win and you're in, baby. I'm playing the Dolphins, right? Sunday Night Football yeah. against the Dolphins. If Take they winner. win, they win yep. the division. They'll be the two seed. But, Bill, there's a scenario where they don't yeah. make the playoffs yeah. at all. Where's the game? I believe it's in Miami. Give me Miami by by 17 points. That's not true. Yeah, well, what, what's fa- this is the kind of game I don't trust Buffalo with. But it's not as if Miami can beat winning teams, as we've discussed. And I want the reality of Miami to be different than the reality of the Cowboys because the Cowboys reality fits my narrative and the Dolphins reality does not fit what I want to be true. But it's true in both cases that these are high ceiling teams that have not shown any kind of mental toughness or mental fortitude. 
And that interview, to, the interview, that injury to Bradley Chubb is just absolutely brutal on every level, including, and I know his on-field presence defensively is really significant, but also what it does to the head coaches, and I think they love that guy, but like that's a mistake by the head coach, and that's the kind of thing that can demoralize a team. Not just the loss of the guy, but the why did this happen? We were down by 151 points when this went, when this went down. Brutal, brutal reality. Yeah, sorry, Rams, you didn't get in there. They're in the playoffs right now. They're in the playoffs. Playoff game here in L.A. Maybe Ephraim Slam and I can go, Tom. Can you get us tickets? Let's talk to Mike Florio about all things NFL next here on CBS Sports Radio. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 